and it's uh, but I really appreciate the opportunity you guys give us to get on here and talk about naps and it's my passion I love what I do I love working with kids and as we know they are our future in everything we do and for us to help to make the opportunity for our hunter and heritage to pass on we've got to pass it on to our kids Welcome to Ozark Traditions TV Podcast, a place where outdoor topics are discussed. Now sit back as today's host brings you the outdoors inside. Ozark Traditions in the great outdoors. All right, guys, welcome back to another Ozark Traditions TV Podcast. I'm TJ. I'm here with the Mats and Justin Hampton, as always. And tonight we have got special guest Dennis Jasper with Naps on here. Which uh, Dennis Naps is needs a place to start hunting. Is that correct? Or for kids that need a place to start hunting? Is that kind of your thing you get cor- going on? That is correct. All right. So, uh, first of all, Dennis, how are you doing? Uh, have you done any hunting? Have you took anybody hunting? How's things going? Well, we've actually started this year. We uh, actually, uh, I'm sure you're familiar with the um, Missouri Vet Outdoors group, are you? Oh, yeah. Okay, well, I'm real good friends with them, and uh, we kind of counterpart. And uh, we donated a, uh, a raffle hunt to them. They had a young man that's uh, a vet that won the hunt, and we brought him up on a bow hunt. Well, as you guys know, you're hunters. There's just that right time. Every deer in the woods seemed like you go nocturnal. There was nothing out during the day or anything when he was here, and we didn't do any good. So I've invited him. His name is Wayne Fuller, and uh, I've invited him back to come back with us during the uh, – loader season give him another opportunity to get take a good deer with him well that should be a little better time of the year it seems like the acorn crop's been so insane here and at least in our neck of the woods in missouri the deer movement has been almost to a screeching halt since the acorns fell now obviously better days are on the horizon the ruts oh i pretty much here i'm gonna go ahead and say it i know some guys say november but i think uh I think the bucks are going to start cruising around a little more as soon as it stops raining and the wind don't blow 40 miles an hour. But uh, I think things are going to get good. So, Dennis, kind of tell us about your uh, you think your NAPS program and all that stuff. Kind of let everybody know what it's all about. Absolutely. Our NAPS program is an acronym. It's uh, K-N-A-P-S, of course, and it's Kids Need a Place to Start Hunting. And what we do is we target kids that are single moms, single dads, disabled, handicapped kids, incarcerated kids, and foster kids that just do not have the opportunity to get into the outdoors. Now, if they've got an uncle that hunts or a grandfather that hunts or dad or something, and they get out and they hunt, they just haven't got anything yet, then we don't take those types of individuals. We take the ones that do not have the opportunity to get into the outdoors. And we've been very blessed. I founded this program back in 08. We are going into our 15th year. We have done 73 kids with 66 deer and 23 turkeys. And we provide everything for them. We provide the guns, the ammo, the tags, heated shooting houses, food plots, processing, everything. All they got to do is show up, go through a little class here at my house. And then I've got a range right here, my target, where we got them shoot right here. And then we have the members come here also. We team everybody up so they can meet everybody before dark 30 in the morning on Saturday. And we go out. We've got uh, nine farms that we hunt on, 2,350 acres. 
And we are blessed that the landowners uh, reach out to us and let us hunt on their properties. And uh, we just have a great time. These kids are very, very thankful. The parents are thankful. It's, it's just a, it's just a good time. And I got to tell you that one thing that's very important to us is we do appreciate our, our landowners that give the land to us. But we want to make sure that everybody knows we run this program as a Christian-run organization. And we thank our Lord and Savior for these critters that we get to hunt. And that's something we pass on to our kids. We want to make sure they know that, you know, the Lord provides us with the, the deer and the turkey and stuff. And that we, we need to show thanks for when we, when we harvest them and we say prayers before we hunt. So that's that's the main, probably the thing is naps in a nutshell. And like I said, we've had just a great, great time with the kids. And uh, like I said, we take veterans also. We've got uh, veterans, two more veterans to take this year. And uh, they're going to come out and hunt with us. And uh, like I said, I'm buying waiting back, so. Yeah, that's that's the nutshell, naps in a nutshell right there. Well, sounds all good to me. It, you know, uh, there's not a lot of people out there anymore that are really willing to help anybody out anymore. It seems like you know, and especially kids that don't have, you know, and it, you know what you're doing. You know, it you don't think of hunting as saving somebody's life, but it could get somebody hooked on this and keep them from doing things that. They don't need to be doing, you know, if a kid ain't got a hobby, you know, everybody talks about us. You don't see very many hunters that are in trouble all the time, other than with the game warden, right? because they don't have time to get in trouble. Well, you know, we're too busy chasing critters and all that. So, you know, it's a, it's a big deal. Plus it's, it's safe. I mean, you te- like you said, you do little classes and kind of teach kids about guns and me and Matt's talked me and Matt Miller have talked about this with our kids, uh, I think one of the most dangerous things you can do is hide guns from your kids. I think the safest thing is to show them the gun, teach them how it works, how it goes <laughs> off, and what not to do. Because a kid that knows about a gun won't shoot, you know, or a lot more safer than a kid that right. has no clue about it. Right. So, you know, and, you know, well, and it's not all just about hunting. I know that everybody, you know, you want the kid to go out there mm-hmm. and, and, you know, kids, you know, kids are kids. They want to be out there and they want to be seeing stuff and they want to kill something, but it's, it's way bigger than that. Oh, absolutely. And, and I agree with you 100% as far as children being around firearms and stuff. And I, and I say, I've said this for years, I'm 64 years old. And I've said this for years, that the biggest problem with kids when it comes to firearms, what gets them hurt is curiosity. Absolutely. They just don't yep. know. Yep. Yeah. And it, it happens every, it's sad. It happens every day. Uh, and it happens to adults too. We're not just talking about kids. I mean, it's just people, you know, you don't have to like guns. You don't have to want to own a gun, but you need to know about them and you need to learn how they work. It'd be a lot safer out here. I'm telling you <laughs> because it's, well, there's hey, nothing more dangerous than somebody holding a firearm that has no clue on how it works. Exactly. And we all know, and I know I'm a lot older than you fellas are. Cause I know who you guys are. And I know your age group. But back when you were kids, and especially when I was a kid, we all knew that everybody had guns in the back of their pickup truck. Yeah. And no, you never heard of any shooting, any incidents at all back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Nope. No, you used to be able to drive your, to school with your gun and a gun well, you rack. had gun racks. You had gun racks in the back exactly. of your truck, you know? And like you said, there wasn't no school shootings and mass shootings. and Right. And, nope. and that's the problem. You know, that's a whole political thing here is it's people that are doing this aren't first of all they're not law-abiding citizens and they're not hunters right you know they're, one, they, you're right. they're not you don't hear a guy that's going out there that is a, a hunter 
going in a church or something and shooting a whole bunch of people. Now, the old boy that stopped that guy from shooting all them people, I'm sure he was a hunter. Right. And a Absolutely. damn good shot, if you ask me, because I'm pretty right. sure that was a pretty good <laughs> shot he had on that old boy. And it's unfortunate, but you know what? He saved a lot of lives with a gun, mind you. But, you know, but back to the kids. I mean, that's really, I know we kind of went right there, but uh, the kids is the thing. Like, you're talking about taking kids that don't have a... Uh, an opportunity, An opportunity you know. So now, Dennis, uh, we've got the youth hunt coming up this weekend. Yes, yep, Missouri's youth season's this um, weekend. So That's correct. Have you guys got hunters lined up, I guess, for that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, and like I say, that's exactly what I do. I was a hunter safety instructor for nine years, and I also worked for Mayor's County Sheriff's Office. And, you know, safety, as we know with hunters, is the number one concern that we have. So I do make them come here to my house. They have to go through about an hour-long class. It's not a, uh, anything to do with conservation, nothing like that. It's just a awareness and, you know, how firearms – because, you know, some of these kids have never even touched the firearm. So they have to be taught how they work, how, you know – and we all know there's that old thing is you can't call it back. You know, once you pull that trigger, you can't call it back. So that's something that we – I bring them here. We sit down in my garage, and we have a little class explaining to them the do's and don'ts and, you know, how you operate the gun, how they work, how, how things that, uh, that when you're hand on the firearm and, and at the right time, you'll get to do it. And the way we do it at NAPS is we take the kids to the shooting houses. And like I said, we've got shooting houses for all the kids on out of. And the NAPS members, and most of my members are either law enforcement or military. And the thing with it is, we carry the guns to and from the shooting houses. And when it's time, when it's crunch time, we pick the gun up, set it in front of the kid, puts it on either our sandbag or on the windowsill, and he puts it in his shoulder, and we make sure, are you on it? Are you on it? Yes. The NAPS member reaches up and takes the gun off safety. When the gun's taken off safety, the kid takes the shot, and then we take the, make sure we watch the animal, and then we make sure we take the weapon back, make sure it's safe, take it out, and then we walk to the animal with the weapon and not the child. It slips, trips, and falls. Or one of the biggest problems you have with firearms. Yeah. Well, and I think the worst part about it, the whole firearm accidents, is everybody thinks, well, it ain't ever going to happen to me. Unfortunately, yeah, last week safety. up here at the lake, there was a guy, a very good deer hunter, I mean, an experienced hunter and everything, uh, was carrying a sidearm with him in the woods and got it hung up on something and ended up shooting himself and killing himself. And this was a guy Mm-mm-mm. I didn't know him personally, but I've got friends that knew him. I know Kyle Mankey knew him. Uh, right. and I don't know the extent of the story, so I'm not even going to get in on that, but I know he was an right. experienced hunter. He was, you know, it wasn't like somebody like, well, that guy didn't have a clue what he was doing and it happened to him. It can, like you said, trip and falls every year. You hear about people fall, trip and fall and shoot yourself or shoot your buddy walking in front of you. I mean, things happen, exactly. you know, so, you know, but the the more safe you can be, the better your odds are of not having a problem. Yeah, Dennis, this is Matt Smith. Um, I had a question. Yeah, Matt. So uh, how Good do you, um, how do you determine these kids? How many can you take? Uh, you know, how do, how do they get a hold of you? And, and like I said, just how do you determine who you get to, to take? Right. What we, what I, when I first started nap hunting uh, back in 08, um, I used to have a dog that was a very, very highly trained dog. And I, so I was associated with the Rollins school system. So when I first started the program, of course, I went directly to the, the uh, superintendent of the school, told him what we were doing and everything. So they would contact the teachers 
And, you know, the teachers and the guidance counselors knows their kids, knows their backgrounds, you know, knows their family lives and stuff. And so that's how we got a lot of our kids to begin with. Now, most of the time, every year after deer season rolls around or after turkey season rolls around, the following year, because, you know, we, we advertise you know, what we get and what the kids get, you know, and how things went. And we're very lucky that we usually get throughout the year, people contact me, hey, Dennis, you know, I, I heard John Casey and in radio, you know, or we, I, you know, we saw on Facebook where the kids got deer with you and stuff. How do I get in touch with you? How do we, you know, get involved in that program? And so we get a lot of kids that way. Uh, this year, uh, like I said, I do work for Mary's County Sheriff's Office, so we're in Mary's County. So I literally went to Mary's County School, talked to the principal, talked to the guidance counselor, and we got uh, six kids from Mary's County. And uh, so that's who's going hunting with us this year. And uh, it's just, uh, we used to do when we first started out, and unfortunately, and I know you guys know this too, a lot of times when you're dealing with kids and a lot of stuff, that's not the kids you have the problem with, it's the parents. You mm-hmm. can't get them on board. You can't get them on time. You can't get them to correspond. Yeah. And that's one of our biggest problems. So, and we used to make the kids do essays. Because you know, if you truly want to hunt with us, you do an essay, we read the essays, and then the best essays, that's who we would pick. Mm-hmm. Well, we come, what come, we come to find out was too many of the parents were doing the essays, mm-hmm. not the kids. Mm-hmm. So we changed that now. And like I said, we're very fortunate now that we've, like I said, we've been doing this going in our 15th year. And so people know who we are, what we do. And, you know, still we're just a, a small town thing. That's all we do. You know, we probably run about a 50 mile radius as far as the kids. And, um, now we go a little further hunting. We actually got a place down in, uh, Camden, Missouri. Gentleman's got a 350 acre farm and he's got, uh, call bucks down there and he's got a lot of does and stuff he wants taking off. So, we do that the second youth season, which is this year, I think the 25th, 26th, 27th of November. And we'll go down there. We take the kids down there at noon with the parents. We feed them. We do barbecue, hamburgers, hot dogs, and s'mores and stuff. Three o'clock, we put them in a deer stand. And usually between 4 and 4.30, they all harvest their deer. Hmm. And then we go down Saturday the next day, do it again, and do it Sunday. So this year, I think we're going to broaden ourselves because the guys, he's got crazy amount of deer on camera so i think what we're going to do this year is once we get the uh kids that we got set up now to go and see how they do this weekend then uh we're gonna try to get a hold of some more kids because we've got eight shooting houses and food pots down on that property and last year he wanted 25 to 30 deer taken off the farm so there's no telling how many he's going to want taken off this year so if we, we can get more kids and get them involved and get them down there because you know these kids don't you know a lot of them Oh man, all I want the buck. All I want the buck. Well, I had a young man last year who was six foot three and two hundred and sixty pounds, and he wanted nothing but a buck. And he kept saying, "Buck, buck, buck!" And this big old doe come out. Shoot it! Can I shoot it? Well, absolutely. <laughs> I got him. I got him all on film. It was like a two hundred inch buck. And I'm telling you guys, when you hear the video of this boy shooting his deer, all you hear is, "Oh my god." Oh my God! And I mean, <laughs> that's why we do what we do for those kind of reactions. Yeah, I've uh, we've been fortunate enough. Me and Matt's boys are getting to the age where we can take them youth hunting now, and it was funny right. last year. My little boy told me, "Oh, I'm waiting for a buck, Dad." I said, "Okay, whatever you want to do, you know." 
Buddy, the first dough that come in range, that was it. She I mean, was in trouble. She, well, I, she's hamburger, so. Uh, yep, yep. You know, You know, they're all big talk till you get them out there. And then, uh, but this year, uh, so far, we, I've, which I've been taking him a little bit of crossbow hunting, he's he's passed a couple of dough. Now it's eating on him now because we've had some really good opportunities with some does. But, you know, uh, that's not what it's about, though. And I think that's getting kind of taught into kids a little bit too much nowadays is, oh, you got to go out there and kill a big buck. No, you don't. You got to go out there and have fun. That's what you got to do. Right. And, that's and that's all. Right. a lot of that is our fault. You know, us as adults, you know, hammering people that if you don't go kill a big buck, you're not that good of a hunter or you didn't have a successful trip. And it's not the case, you know, especially with kids like what you've got going on that don't have a lot of opportunities to go anyways. You know, exactly. You could change their whole life with just shooting the doe. They'll be hooked on that and, and wanting to do that, and who knows where they'll go I, with it. Yep, I got a young man named Nick. We took back in two thousand nine, our second year doing naps hunting. They were so excited and so thrilled that he shot that big doe. Grandma got a mounted point. There you go. <laughs> and I thought something else I think is really cool. You know, uh. When pe- when parents or whatever, if a kid kills a deer, no matter what it is, go get it. If they want to get it, go get it mounted for them. Or at least exactly. a European mount or something. They're proud of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. You know, when they get older, they're probably going to be like, well, yeah, that was my first. They're always going to talk about that. That was my first deer, man, right, right. there. You know, that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not that expensive, parents. I mean, you got a year to come. We were just talking about that. You got a year to pay for it. You know, three, four hundred bucks. You got something lasts a lifetime it's a really cool deal but uh just taking the kids you know and we've got the youth so we were talking about that that's why we was wanting to get you on here now because we've got the youth season rolling in here here in missouri this weekend so oh yeah it's, it's gonna be fun it's gonna be a great time i think it's and, gonna it's be something. pretty good i really think the oh, beer movement's too. gonna really start to ramp up this this week I agree with you, and I agree with you 100% on the acorn thing. The acorn, the mass crop this year is just utterly crazy, and the acorns themselves are just huge. And going back to the deer, you're right. As far as the deer and what we actually do with mass hunting, like I said, we've got these different farms that we hunt on, and what we also teach the kids good deer management skills. We don't let them shoot yearlings, and we don't let them shoot spikes. And we, we explain to them why. Because, you know, that spike in three and four years, because there's not anybody that goes to the woods that doesn't want to shoot a nice buck. So in order to have that nice buck, that little spike's got to be able to grow three, four years, five years to get a big buck. But now if you're one a year and a half, two and a half year old deer, if it's an acceptable buck, and that's the thing, though, when those deer come out, if it's not just a little bitty deer or a spike, we tell the kids, this is all about you. Whatever you want to do, if that deer comes out and you want to squeeze that trigger, you squeeze that trigger. And this is all about you. We do what we do, and we're excited to do what we do, and we want to share that excitement with you so you can experience this. And then hopefully, and I've, I've been very blessed, I've got kids that we've taken years ago, and now those kids now hunt, and they are taking their kids hunting. And I've actually got one of my kids that I took back in 2011, He's part of our program. He's taking kids hunting now. Right. And that, to me, goes to show that it's working. I mean, oh, if, you're, if you're getting 100%. kids out there that never hunted, a be, because let's be honest, guys, we need more people hunting. And I know a lot of guys are talking like, oh, 
you know, it's all these guys are hunting public land and stuff now. Hey, we need more people hunting because if we don't keep hunting, it's going to eventually peter out and die off. And if the government's exactly. got anything to do with it, it'll be sooner than later. So the more people that don't are going to keep doing this, the better off we're going to be. And the more kids learning how to do it, the better off we're going to be. Because it's just like the work trade now, the workforce, you know, the construction workers and the guys that build houses and the guys that are doing, that's all dying off. I mean, you ask kids nowadays if they can do anything and it's almost like, well, no, I can work at McDonald's if you want me to, but I don't, I don't know how to build a house. Well, you need to learn how because somebody's got to build them. All of us people that know how to build one are all going to die off. So then what? Then nobody's going to know how to do nothing. So. You know, we got to pass this stuff down, guys, and that's very important, I think, especially in the hunting world because it's definitely getting attacked every day, and uh, it's getting a bad name, which there are some people that do it that are bad, you know, that do bad things and make it, but it's not how it is, and, you know, it's not really how the hunting world is. So, but the, but the, oh, the kids not is definitely important. And I would right. say and it, doesn't, with, it doesn't matter what field you're in, you have bad apples. And those, unfortunately, other people look at that field of just seeing what the bad apples do and not the good that the, all the rest of them do. And that's a problem. I don't care if it's uh, hunting or, like you said, you know, carpenters or law enforcement or anything. You've got bad apples in every field that you're involved in. But the ones that really count and make a difference, you know, they're making a difference. And like you said, I, I'm a retired 45-year carpenter, so I know exactly what you're talking about. And we're kind of getting off the line here, but I'm telling you what, I see it from being a retired carpenter and seeing so many things going on nowadays that the worth ethics and the pride and the discipline and the respect, there is none in our youth these days. They have no worth ethics whatsoever. And all those things that I applied back when I was a carpenter, things that I do, I apply in my NAP program because I know, and you guys running this show, running this program, are in the same boat I am. If you don't do it, it don't get done. Yeah. You well, got to take the time. That's just like today. What did I do today on my day off? I drove around to all of our deer stands, made sure every deer stand had headphones in it. Make sure every stand had the appropriate chair seating for everybody in it. Make sure there was nothing in there that we could get them. There's no critters in there. And we, fortunately, we're going to have a, a nice weekend this weekend. So it's going to be warm enough that if you've got a stand and you got, haven't checked on it, you better go check on it. Because the last thing you want to do is let it warm up in there and mm-hmm. get a bunch of red wasps up flying mm-hmm. around while you're sitting in the chair. Been there, done yeah. that. We had that happen to us with turkey season this year, about four in the morning. <laughs> But, you know, talking about the, the, the world now and the social media, it seems like nobody wants to talk about the good things because it doesn't make good no. news. It's always what can be bad. And another prime yep. example of that, and we talked about this on our last podcast, uh, the whole walleye fisherman thing. You know, you never heard anything out of, about the fishing world, about all the guys that are winning it, you know, doing it right, fish their butts off to win these turns. But by God, the second two guys get caught cheating, it makes world news. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, nobody wants to talk about all the good things that's happening in the world. It's always the bad. And that's with everything. That's with politics. That's with, you know, instead of talking about this guy that ran into a burning house and saved 25 people, we're going to show this one guy that shot a somebody on the streets in Chicago. Right. They're going to blow that up. 
But they're never going to talk about all the good. That's just the world we live in, guys. If you was to just watch the news, you'd swear to God, the United States of America is the worst country to ever. You couldn't even walk outside without getting shot around here. I mean, you, you that's what you'd think if you didn't know any different. It, it's just that's not what it is, and that's, you know, it's too bad. But all we can do is we know what's really going on and just keep doing what we can do, and that's, you know, hunting and fishing and the outdoors is, is one way to keep people out of trouble. It seems like it, it's worked for me because, like I said, I've never had time when I was younger to get in any trouble or money. So, right. you know, I was always buying hunting stuff or going hunting. Well, and that's the thing we've always had. You know, you've heard that before a million times. You teach your kids how to hunt and fish, they won't have the money for nothing else. That's a, that's a fact right there. I guarantee that. That is a fact. And also with your but program. You know Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say with your program, I'm taking it that it is probably 100% volunteers, correct? It is. It is 100% volunteers. And then and like said, you probably have people, like uh, processors and stuff for your deer. Is that what you do? Or what do you do with your, that they harvest the deer? Well, what happens unfortunately, then? Unfortunately, last year we took, I, I don't want to badmouth nobody, but we took it to an individual place and unfortunately they ended up we had six deer in this place and we got one deer back which was a very nice 141 inch 10 point that one of our kids got last year and the other deer we did not get back because the individual got shut down to the epa because he was running a bad business and had uh tainted meat in his shop mm-hmm. so the problem the problem the process was this year is we've actually had someone donate us a walk-in cooler, but the people that were going to come uh, set it up, do the concrete work and stuff like that, they didn't get it over here, so we still don't have it done yet. So You can't rely Monday, on them concrete guys for nothing. Boy, you got to watch them, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know that was a shot right there, boy. Yeah, well, I've been doing it for a little while now, and I know how they are. <laughs> I know. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so I'm I'm going to go to one. Uh, I know I got to make a couple make a trip or so up north this week. So I've got one just on the other side of Vienna. I'm going to try to talk to them this week and uh, see if they'll donate for us. And uh, but our whole goal here at NAP is as soon as we can get this cooler up and running and everything, we want to teach these kids to do it from field to freezer because again, I was talking about our country and the way things going in this world. That's something they need to know. They well, it know might come in pretty it. handy if things keep going the way they're going. Ab- absolutely. <laughs> you and, know. and we all know as hunters, there is nothing better than going out, harvesting your deer. Of course, now we do teach them how to field dress and stuff like that. We don't let them do it because we know as hunters, that's the time you're going to get a finger cut or something like that when uh-huh. you're field dressing a deer. I field right. dress so hundreds of them. I still cut my fingers at least twice a year. Exactly. It seems like I don't <laughs> Well, yeah, and, that, and that's when it happens. So, you know, it, it, it's just for safety reasons. And just so you know, too, something that I'm very proud of that we've done. Since 2009, uh, nap hunting has been fully insured. So all the farms that we are on, the landowners have hard copies from American Hunting Lease Association showing them that their farm is covered under insurance, so there's no liabilities to our farmers. 
Yeah, and that's important nowadays, and it's sad that it's it come is. to that point, but it seems like everybody's yep. gotten so sue happy nowadays, like you fall down or fall out of a tree stand. And that's why a lot of farmers won't let people hunt anymore. It has nothing to do with them caring that you're killing animals or hunting out there. It's They don't want you to go out there and break an ankle and then come knocking on their door. Right, it's the, the liability. Check. You know, and it's and sad the- that it, the world's come to that. But it has. True. So you can't blame the farmers. You can't blame the landowners for, oh, no. you know. Nope, nope, so nope. it's a good and thing you know to what? do that. I mean, that's a good that's a good thing to do. It, it's a little bit extra work, but you know what? It makes everybody else feel good. So, But back to your processing oh, yeah. deal, I think that would be really a really good thing to incorporate on your program is if you can do that and get the, maybe get like the meat grinders and all that together and let them kids. Well, I've already like, got all that. Yeah, I've already them. got all the equipment. I've already got the grinders. I got the slicers. I got the band saws. Everything. Yeah. All we needed was room to do it. So if it doesn't happen this year, I guarantee you by by next deer season, it will be up here and it will be up and running. So yeah, so I think that'll be a, the, a very important thing. I think that'll be really neat because I know I just cut up a doe. Well, I, uh, I shot with you whenever we did, and we just finished uh, finishing it up and. Uh, most of it went to deer jerky. I bet I've made 400 pounds of deer jerky and I can't keep everybody wants it, you know, but, uh, my oh, little yeah. boy, he, lo- he was helping me, you know, and, uh, wanting to debone and all that, which he can only do so much. You know, he's seven and a seven year old with a knife is yep. not, it's about as good as his dad with a knife. Cause everybody's <laughs> sitting here is laughing at me cause I'm missing half my fingers and stuff because of <laughs> knives. But you know, he really got involved. He really got interested in that. You know, he wasn't, freaked out about it my little girl was a little she said it stinks said that it, it was which i don't know what she's talking about but uh but like the whole process in the deer you know i think you need to teach them all of it not just going out there and killing it you need to teach them hey okay now that we've killed it we're going to eat it too we don't just come out here and shoot these things and take a picture with them and that's it like right you got to respect the animals so you're going to bring it back to the house you need and i think the kids would get a pride out of hey i'm gonna feed my family with this thing. right yeah and you know in some yeah, of these kids you know obviously they're having a rough time anyways you know they're probably not all privileged kids so that deer mate's probably not gonna hurt nothing anyways you know and there's a lot of things you can do with it so oh my god yeah and that's you're you hit that nail right on the head i've had so many of these kids that when they harvest the deer over the years they said man now I know my family's going to have beef throughout the winter, and I supplied it. That's, that's exactly right. Yep. So you hit that right on the head. That's something that doesn't get talked about much in the hunting industry either. There's a lot of uh, programs, especially here in Missouri and stuff, that in the MDC that donate deer meat to families that don't have that. And I know we've done it a couple times. You know, been fortunate enough, used to, mm-hmm. before I started filming. For, we used to kill a lot of deer, and I've actually <laughs> donated a few of them to people and i've actually processed them myself and taken them to people i know and everybody's oh, yeah. tickled to death about it you know mm-hmm. and, and the people are like oh who's gonna eat deer i can promise you right now man if i took some deer burger and made tacos and invited everybody over and didn't say nothing about anything you'd never know the difference right oh, or, I would or, not. or chili or anything like that you're never gonna now deer burgers i'm gonna warn people on that you got to do them different because deer meat's very lean and it'll dry out but, you know, for the mix most part. Little, mix it with a little beef. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you gotta, uh, yeah. Either, either that or pork. I mix pork right. in my mind. Pork works really good because it's really, really yep. fatty. But. Yep. I mix, I mix bacon in with mine. But I think it is. Uh, yeah. 
I ain't nothing wrong with bacon. So. Right. But I think oh, it no. is very no, no, important no, no. for the kids <laughs> to do the whole. I think that whole kill it and eat it is a good. That's a good good deal right there. I think that and and a lot of the kids that do it are like you said. They're going to be excited about that part of it. Well, and create oh, that sense of pride too that they're yeah. helping provide for their family. Well, not to mention exactly. you don't want to just have somebody thinking that oh I just want to kill something. I don't really. Well, that's not how it works. I mean, I know when it's too bad. There's people that do that. There's people who go out there, shoot them, cut the back straps out. Or some people don't even do that. Some people just shoot them and cut the head off of them. And you're going to have that. You're going to have them bad apples. But you need to teach kids like, hey, this isn't, you just took this life too. Like you got to teach them that part of it too. Like it's not all, you got to feel a little bit of remorse for the animal, like respect for the animal too. You go out there and you shoot it. First of all, you want to try to make the most ethical shot you can. You know, you exactly. don't, you don't want to be teaching exactly. these kids to head shoot these deer or something nope. crazy like that. You want to teach them like, hey, you're taking this deer's life. Let's try to do it as quick and painless as we can, you know, and then do it respectfully. Now, things happen, guys. As deer hunters, especially bow hunters, you're going to make a bad shot on oh, a deer. Oh, yeah. And that's yep. part of it, too. Like, you got to teach that part of it, too. You can't, it's not always going to be You got to take the good with the bad. Yeah, you know, it's not always, like my little yep. boy last week, he actually shot a deer and he shot it right in the brisket. It was, I don't know how he did it, but he did it with a crossbow. And me and Matt, we looked for, you know, we put our best effort. We looked for two hours and it was just, there was, you know, a brisket shot deer. There's, it, there's went, it went from a little blood to no nothing. blood. Well, and then we walked up on a deer and it blew at us and run off with the rest of the deer. So it's like, well, that one's fine. But, and I just, you know, he was bummed and I'm like, hey, you know, here's the good news, buddy. She's going to live. Maybe we can shoot her this weekend with a rifle. You never know. I said, but it wasn't a deer that you shot. And it's going to happen that way, too. You're going to shoot one and not find it, and it probably die, too. I mean, that's just, yeah, that's how it goes. But, you know, you always want to put your best effort into it, looking for it. You know, and that's oh, what yeah. you, you got to teach them kids that. You got to teach them the, the good with the bad, you know. You got to teach them, like, hey, you accidentally spine shoot one. We may have to, you know, give it another one, you know. That's just part of it. So, but you want them to kind of, you want them to kind of feel a little bit of sadness, uh, not sadness, but you know what I mean? You want them to feel like, Hey, I did take that deer's life. You got to have a little respect, I guess is what the word I'm thinking of. Right. That's what I feel. Uh -huh. I mean, you shoot it. We was just talking to a guy that, uh, killed a bear and I was talking about the, uh, the death moan or whatever. Yeah. And he said, man, he's like, it just, I'd be all right if I never heard that again. Like it was all good. And then you had that, and it's like, man, you still feel bad for the thing. And if you don't, there's something wrong with you. You probably right. need to go see a probably doctor. talk to somebody about that. <laughs> there's probably going to be a documentary about you. You know what I mean? You got to have a little bit of something. You got to feel something. So, And that's okay. You need to teach kids, like, hey, it's okay that you do feel a little bit sad or whatever about it. That's good, you know, because that just shows some respect. You're excited, you know. You're, you want to you teach the excitement part more than the sad part. You know, but you still got to have a talk, little something. Talking about that, every animal that I kill, I usually take a couple of seconds and just reflect and think, you know, what you just did. You know, you, this may sound bad, but you just took a animal's life, you know? So it, to me, it's always been good to stop and think about that. 
for a couple of seconds before you, you carry on when you get up there with them. Well, and I wish that the mainstream media in the world could see that part of it and feel that part of it because they think we just stone cold killers and we don't care. Right. Now, usually, I usually take a second after I find an animal, too, but it's usually because they're on the bottom of a mountain and i got to catch my breath. <laughs> but we can go ahead and call that, you know, like I'm giving them their time. But, it, you know, everybody thinks that hunters are just, we just kill for fun and sport. And there's a lot of guys that do that now. And then there's some things that guys are hunting that I, yeah, it kind of, like guys shooting elephants and drafts. And, right. Now, I get it if this thing's like terrorizing a village or something. Hey. I get it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't knock that. If I had a chance to go do it, I'd do it. Ah, it just ain't my, which everybody's got their own opinions. I just, a giraffe is not. Not for me, Not man. for me. I just, I, I'd look at them and that'd be cool. I don't need to shoot one, you know. But uh, there's some animals I get also, like they're causing havoc. <laughs> they're dragging people off, the lions and stuff. Like, okay, yeah, let's shoot those. Yeah. A zebra, a zebra would be the one I would, I would not do because I can go out in my field and shoot a donkey. Well, Hampton, know? let's all be truthfully honest. I don't think any of us are going to have to worry about going on an African safari <laughs> here anytime soon. <laughs> well, I was going to go next week, well, but yeah, the yeah. flights got canceled. Yeah, but <laughs> and, and I would say this is probably financially, this is probably a pretty big undertaking. So. What do you do as far as getting funds? Do you have fundraisers? Do you have just people donate, or how does that work if somebody wants to get a hold of you? Yeah, we do fundraisers. As a matter of fact, um, Country Bob's here in St. James just did a fundraiser for us here last week. Uh, he, uh, of course, we had we were there and we had our backdrop and stuff set up, and a lot of pictures of all the kids and stuff we've taken, and uh, we had hats for sale, we had cups for sale, but he did. From four o'clock to seven o'clock, he did a percentage of ten percent of what he made from four o'clock to seven o'clock. Now he has not done that yet, but he's supposedly going to do that, of course. And he don't going to donate that ten percent to NAP. So now he was also one of the guys we took last year with NAP because he's one of our one of our sponsors. Anytime if we're deer hunting or turkey hunting, uh. Uh, Travis Holt, the owner of Country Bob's here in St. James, he'll feed, he'll let us come in. He'll feed the, the kids, the members, the parents, uh, throwing stockade. They feed us, um, lease chickens. Jason down lease chicken, he feeds us. And they, they've been on board for quite a while. Jason's been on board at lease chicken since 09. He's been behind us all these years. And I mean, it don't matter when it is. I call him, talk to him. He's up. Just tell him you're coming in, Dennis. Just order whatever you want. I'll take care of it. Uh, we'll just order. No, no, no. You know, you just order two piece meal. You guys eat. Get a lot of chicken. Eat, 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 eat. So yeah, these these folks really reach out behind us. And uh, like I said, we've got some people that donate to us. Most of it comes out of our pockets. Uh, we don't get a whole lot of donations and stuff. But I'm not doing it for the money. That's because we're we're not a nonprofit. I guess we just you know we got six guys. Sometimes eight guys. Depends on your work schedules and stuff. But we just got some guys that just get together. We want to get the kids in the outdoors. So we do what we got to do to make it happen. We got to pull it out of our, our pockets. We pull it out of our pockets. That's just like this year. I've had trouble with my tractors working this and that. I just went and spent $20,000 on a brand new tractor this year so I can put in food pots and do uh, brush hogging. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I, mean, I only live that, on a five-acre farm. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, and that goes to show you just how much there really are 
how many good people there are. I mean, I know it doesn't get brought to the spotlight much like we was talking about earlier, but there's a lot of people that are willing to help. And anybody that's listening at the end of the show, we'll have Dennis give all the information. If you guys are listening and you want to help, I'm sure they'll take any help they can get, whether, you know, anything that you guys want to help out, everything helps. So we'll get all the information and, uh, anybody that's listening that thinks they might want to help them out. I had another question too. When you sure. take when you take this uh, youth, who all goes with them on the hunt? I'm you know you know one of you guys going to do it. Is there always like a parent or a guardian or somebody else with that hunter? We try to encourage that as much as possible because we also try to film our hunts too, and we try to explain to the families now, mom or dad or grandma, or grandpa, aunt, uncle. We don't care who it is. If and you guys, you guys live this. If you take out a child and they harvest a deer and they come home and tell you about it, it's not the same as if you had a family member right there where you can relive that memory over and over and over and over through the years. And that, to us, is a big thing, is those memories. So, yeah, we it's a NAPS member. And a lot of times, depending on where we're at and where we're set up, we'll take two NAPS members because we have one sitting right with the child. So you're directing them as far as when to shoot, how to shoot, and all that kind of stuff, watching the animal. And then the other guy's filming the hunt. Mm-hmm. And then you got a parent. So you usually have at least two NAPS members, a child, and a hunter, or the, and a parent. So, so you're saying We up. love to do that. We encourage mm-hmm. them to come and share in that moment with that child. So like I said, they can relive it over and over and over. If the kid comes home and just tells you about it, it's not the same, and the kid won't have the same memory of it. And let, if you're with them, and, love and the good thing is too, like you said, you're recording it, so they have that forever, you know. Correct. Yeah, that that. And I know you guys know my buddy Don Forster. Yeah. Outdoor he Don. does all my editing for me and all that for me. So yeah, he does all our videos and all that. He does a great job for us. So yeah, Don, he's a good guy. Just, oh yeah, him and I are good buddies. And uh, like I said, anytime I've got videos and stuff, he'll take it and he'll make us the videos and stuff. And we've even, and even when we first started in that, I got to share this with you guys because I know you guys love to bow hunt, and so do I. I even bow hunt during gun season. And when I first started NAPS with my love that I have for archery, I wanted the kids to bow hunt, you know, get that thrill of bow hunting. Because we all know you can take a gun, set it down, anybody can pretty much get behind it and shoot it and hit something with it. But with a bow, you got to practice and take the time and do it. I could not. Uh, you guys remember the archer shop it used to be down in Doolittle? They're on the right hand side, the big red building with Bill. Um, yeah, I can't. Yeah, yeah, I remember it. Okay, well, he supplied all the arrows, all the bows, and everything. All we had to do was take the kids down and let them shoot. He'd let them use it, use them during deer season and everything. I could not get the parents to bring the kids and make them practice with the bows because we all know with a bow, yeah. you got to practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, so, and even when you practice, you're still going to miss. Or at least in will. my experiences, that's how it went. Yep. <laughs> well, you just got too much against you. You know, like you, like you said, your little boy just shot the deer with the bow, with the crossbow. If that deer moves or takes a step or there's a limb in the way that you can't see because of the coloring or this and that, there's so much you can go wrong and change that in a blink of an eye. Yeah, and then, then throw on trying to film it. On top of that, and it gets yeah. it gets real complicated real quick. It does. And, it you know, really, really does. You know, oh, us filming these hunts, everybody's like, "Man, you know, why don't you guys ever? Aren't you just not killing stuff all the time?" Like, I was like, "Man, have you ever 
tried to film a deer hunt. And especially by yourself, or if you're with a little kid, you know, if you're with a yep. kid and you're trying to make sure they're doing everything right and film it, it's it's a lot. But it's very rewarding in the end if you do make it happen, you know. Me and Matt both have uh, videos of our kids killing their first deers. Uh, deers. I just said deers. I need kicked off this thing. <laughs> I need kicked off. Is that just one pet peeve I can't stand, and I did it. Anyways, deer. You know, and they're there's, they a, love rookie, to see there's it. a rookie move. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Hunting deers, you know, catching deers. But yeah, there, it is pretty neat. And the kids really, I know our boys got a kick out of it, you know, getting to see themselves and on the TVs and stuff and seeing it, how it all goes down. And then, like you said, you always can go back. You can. You'll always have it. You'll always have it to watch. And there's, yep, you know, there's a lot of deer hunts that I kind of wish back when I was younger we could have filmed them. You know, with grandpa and dad and all that. Because the deer camp uh-huh. thing's kind of dying off now. It seems like nobody really does the deer camps anymore. I mean, there's I know there's a lot of guys that still do, right? But as well, we've I all gotten older, going, things have kind of spread out. To do that this year for the very first time in my life. A deer camp. Oh, they're. That was my yeah, favorite. Me and my, me and my buddy, me and my buddy got a beautiful farm, 440 acres, two miles of Gasconade River. Got some good deer on camera, and the little old lady owns the farm. I got hooked up with her through some good friends of mine, and she's got just a little shit down there. It's probably 30 by 30. Man, we went in there, cleaned it all up, took some cots down there. Uh, we took everything, everything we're going to need down there to put in there, you know, everything, and it's just right there on the farm. So yeah, I'm so excited to do that this year and this one farm that i told you we're going to do the late hunt with the kids on uh i had actually i don't know if you guys know this about me or not but it's not that big of a deal but i'm a martial arts instructor been doing it for 52 years and i had one of my old students from up in uh columbia call me and wanted to make a donation to naps and asked me if i had cash app and i said yes sure do he goes uh i want to do that okay cool i said hey uh if by chance, you know, anybody that has a camper, I said, I've got a farm that we take the kids to hunt. It's a long way away from here. I drove it last year. It was 660 miles in three days, 110 miles one way. <laughs> and I said, I'd like to get a camper, take it down there, bring the kids down, and then they can do their hunt. And then we'll send them home. The next day, get the next group. But the next members will stay there in the camper overnight. He goes, I got you covered. He donated us a 20-foot camper. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> and it needed some work. It needed some work, not much work. And the saddest thing is, he goes, Sir, he says, I just so apologize. I'm just so busy at work. He said, I can't bring it down to you. I said, Not a problem. I will come get it. <laughs> yeah. So, so I had to replace the carpet in it and found out after I pulled the carpet out, uh, it was wet underneath. So we jerked all the flooring out of it, got it all the way down to the blue palm, and then found out what the problem was. The hot water heater was bad. So we got a, got the floors off retail, put a new hot water heater in it. Now everything in it works. And one of my guys I got that, that helps me with naps is uh, JD Busby. I you guys watch any of our videos or anything, you see him and all the stuff. This guy is just amazing. He's a he's a carpenter, he's a plumber, he's an electrician, he's a welder. If if it can be done, he can do it. And he helps me all the time. And he's uh, he's got this camper. Everything on the camper is working perfect. So, and the landowner down there, him and his wife, they're so excited because we just took one of our nice uh, shooting houses down there this weekend and set it up down there over a food plot that he did not have a, a shooting house over. And 
the wife done told me, oh, I know where I'm on. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you go. So, yeah. But it's a, and like I said, I'm, I'm a retired 45 year carpenter and I've got some pretty cool shooting houses that we've built and they all work. They all, like I said, they're all functional. We only have one that's like maybe 16 feet off the ground. But that belongs to one of the landowners we built for him, but he lets the kids use it. But the rest of them are only four feet off the ground. Yeah. So you've got a, you got a trap door in the bottom of them. You go, go underneath it, open the trap door. You got two steps and you're in it. So you're yeah. seven to eight feet off the ground, so your view is just excellent. So, yeah, yeah, I seen them on Facebook. Them look nice that you had on there. Yeah. I mean, they, thank you, yeah. and thank. And one of my biggest pet peeves, and you guys know, doing what you do, the biggest problem you have when you're hunting like that is stuff in the way when you're trying to move and turn around to where your animals are. Yeah. So our my pet peeve is every one of them has got places, and I've we I talked about this with the kids when they get here that when you walk in those shooting houses, if you're cold, great. If you're hot, there's places to hang your coat. There's places to hang your backpack. Do not put anything on the floor. Because if you're looking to the north, sure enough, the deer's going to come from the south. You're going to have to turn your chair around, turn you around. You don't want to trip over a backpack or a jacket or something like that. Make Even though you won't have a gun in your hand, but you're still going to make more noise if you trip and fall and fall in the shooting house. Yeah. You, just, you just rip your deer off. Yep. Now, Dennis, do yes. you only do you only hunt over food plots, or do you have them? Oh no, 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 that's on trails and stuff. Oh yeah, we've we've got some of our stands in the fields, in the woods, not actually far in the woods, but most of them are on the edge of the woods, and so we can shoot in the wood line and the fields. And we do that because you know, with kids, they're not like us; they're not trained to see deer like we are, so they have a harder time picking a deer out in the woods <laughs> than we do. They're seeing better than I do most of the time. It's it's just well, my my experience with kids is it's a thousand times easier in a field. There's nothing in the exactly. way. If the deer standing exactly. there, there's nothing you can't. You know, it's plus. Now, let's be honest, they ain't gonna want to tromp off in the woods, and they don't walk quiet. I don't right. care what you say. So That's it's right. just, it's just better, just the easier to access, the better it'll be. So, and usually exactly. the fields are pretty good. Now, this year with the acorns, it might be, which the rut should be, help that, I think. But, yeah, uh, I think that's going to help push them out. Yeah. It's, uh, it's like in some of your stands, are they like handicap accessible? You know, if you said, so, I mean, some of these kids that want to go, some of them may be in a wheelchair or have a disability or something. Yes, they are. And, okay. If you get on uh, either my page or the Naps Hunting page, we have one that a gentleman donated to us. It's actually a handicapped porta potty. And I pulled the box out of it, which, you know, the boxes are just attached to them. There's no, mm-hmm. no drainage in the house. There's nothing like that. This thing was like brand new. He donated it to us. And then where the bars and stuff are, where we'd be around the box and stuff like that, I put ledges in there so we can put our, so the kids can put, uh, 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 sandbags on a window, set the gun in a sandbag and stuff like that. This thing is seven feet by seven feet and seven feet tall. Wheelchair accessible. The door opens up. You can bring the wheel, wheel the wheelchair right in and everything. No problem whatsoever. Yeah. And well, it, and it's another gone. thing with the handicap stuff and the wheelchairs, I've seen a lot of guys that'll just use ground blinds too. You know, you can, oh, absolutely. You can pick them up, set them over top of somebody because most of your hunts are rifle hunts. Or all of them, yep. pretty much. So, yep. you know, you don't have to get 
super duper close to these deer. So it's not too hard to just pop a blind out there too. So exactly, exactly. And, and that works really well. We do that a lot of time. Um, turkey season, we hunt with our blinds in the turkey season and whether it be for kids or for some way that, you know, whether kids are disabled or, uh, veterans disabled. Exactly. What we do is we've got, you know, you got your four stakes on your blind. All you got to do is just pull two stakes, lift that thing right up. If they can't get him in the door. Yep. Raise it right up, bring it right down over top, and put your stakes back in. You're good to go. Yeah, that's that's what I've, I've seen a lot of guys that'll do it like that with the, yes. the wheelchair hunters, yes, which we actually have a, a friend of ours that's in a wheelchair, and he's been begging us to come out and film him hunt, which I haven't heard from him yet. He told me he'd get with me when he had some big bucks showing up, so we'll nice. see. But, uh, all right, well, uh, Dennis, I want to thank you for coming on and talking about this thing, and what better timing than – the week of youth season here in Missouri. So everything's coming in. The kids are going to be out in the woods banging away at the deer. Hopefully they all have, uh, have good luck and, uh, and make it. Well, out I make- do appreciate, I do really appreciate y'all for getting a hold of me. And I apologize when I know we were going to do this before, but it was a, a, a rough situation that I was in and something I had to do. I wasn't able to make it. Oh. Uh, and it's, uh, but I really appreciate the opportunity you guys give us to get on here and talk about naps. And it's my passion. I love what I do. I love working with kids. And as we know, they are our future in everything we do. And for us to help and make the opportunity for our hunting heritage to pass on, we've got to pass it on to our kids. Yeah, that's right. And another thing, all you guys need to turn around and give everybody a pat on the back for doing it. And that's not why you're doing it, but. You know, oh, if, if it's not, no, if it's if it's not for people like you, like you said, this might not continue on. And it could, like I said, it could change. I used to do it a little bit back a few years ago, and it's really rewarding, and you feel good about yourself. And like I said, it's not about you, but you can see the excitement and, uh, well, and what, what it does to to that, the kids. Everybody listening here, if you've got the uh, time and the property, and they'll let you do it. Take a kid hunting. It don't have to be your kid. If you know somebody that, you know, maybe, or not a kid, somebody. They don't have to be a kid. Everybody, you know, there's grown people. Yeah. That if somebody would just ask them, they might want to go and try it. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it doesn't, age is not a problem. If you've got an nope. opportunity, that if you have the means to do it, take somebody hunting, man. You could change their life forever, so... But, uh, Absolutely, and and you touched on something there that's very very important too. What most people don't understand is they think, oh, I have to go out and do a hunter shaped course and do this and do that. Conservation has made it so easy for those who've never hunted to go out and hunt and get a license and go under the apprenticeship program. Yeah, I think you can do yeah, it for a couple of years even before you have to that's get correct. a. Yeah, yes, that is correct. See if you like it. See if you like what's going on with it. Like I said, they have done that just for that reason, to give people the opportunity to get out and try it and see what it's all about. And I tell people all the time, and you take a kid hunting or fishing, you know how much fun you're going to have. Yeah. Well, and uh, that's a thing. Uh, I've actually taken a, a buddy of mine that I went to high school with. He wasn't much of a hunter, and he, he I was doing it all the time. He's like, man, I'd like to. So he got it. Now, how that works is they can get the license, but they have to hunt with somebody with a hunter certification. And you can do correct. it. You can do it for two years, and after yep. the second year, you need it. Which, if you're doing it for two years, you probably need to go get it anyways, because apparently you're wanting to do it. But it's a pretty exactly. neat deal. The MDC, you know, some of the things that we they do, we don't all agree with, but a lot, most of the time, 
they've got pretty good programs going on with that. So, and they're trying they to get kids involved on this deal too. That's yep. what the whole youth season's about. You know, they're used to not yep. be a youth season. So that's right. <laughs> and, and something else I want to give a good shout out to is I'm, and I and I was a certified instructor for several years in it is the NAPS program, the National Archers in the Schools program. I'm loving to see them bringing that back. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, they just brought school. it back to the Max Creek School here where we're at, so yeah. they're they're doing it here. Yeah, my boys did exactly. it tonight, yeah. and I think that's a great idea. Oh yeah, it's good. It's just like I yep. said, it's another thing about teaching safety. I mean, it's not it's not a bad thing to have guns in school. If they would teach no. kids about guns in school, we wouldn't have all these problems. You know, like I know some schools have uh, trap shooting teams, right? Well, oh yeah. They're obviously going to teach gun safety in that. It's just another uh-huh. thing you're going to learn. So, but all right. Well, we're rolling in on an hour. Uh, we're going to uh, Dennis. How yes, can sir. everybody get a hold of you if they want to help out? If they want to donate something? If they want to maybe contact you about maybe taking somebody? What's the best way to to get a hold of you guys? They can either call me at five seven three four six five. Four zero five nine, or they can look up Dennis Jasper on Facebook, or they can look up Nap Hunting on Facebook. And again, that's K N A T S Hunting, which means kids need a place to start hunting. And we need to touch on it. Conservation says six to fifteen. We do kids eight to fifteen, and that's just my preference. I just don't think kids at that young of an age really have that much of the head on them to really know about a firearm and stuff. Some kids do. Some kids learn quicker. Some kids are sharper. But we we just, we made that age limit from 8 to 15. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. So there you go, guys. If anybody wants to get a hold of Dennis, uh, you, you can look him up on Facebook. And if you're having problems, just get with us and we'll get you in contact with him. But, uh, yeah, well, we, yeah, and also, like I said, we just thank you and your organization for keeping that going, and we appreciate what you're doing. Yeah, that's oh, a, that's a really, really good deal you're doing there, guys. And uh, keep it up. Hopefully, more people maybe listening or seeing it happen will want to get involved. And it's just like I said earlier, you don't have to – anybody can do this. Anybody that's got oh, an extra spot to hunt or the time to do it, you know, or – it, 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 it you'll get a big reward out of it you know what i mean i mean me and matt we have a, a paddlefish guide service and we've given give trips away to people and take them and they've never done it before and it's always more fun to take people than you know we've caught four million of these things and our joy now is taking people that's never caught one that's that's more fun for me than actually catching Catch one fish. ourselves yeah. yeah but uh well, i'm one of those guys i've never done it well i know some guys there you go <laughs> But you know a guy, right? I know at least one. You up. Justin's went with Pardon? us a couple times. Heavy. Yeah. Awesome. But uh, all right, guys. Well, we're going to wrap her up once again. I want to thank Dennis for coming on the show tonight, and uh, we'll probably post something with this uh, when this podcast comes out. We'll post some more information. But it, you heard it all right back there. So, and if you want to get a hold of him and you can't get with us, get with Dennis, and we'll get you hooked up. So. From all of us here at Ozark Traditions TV, I want to thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk to you guys on the next one. The Ozark Traditions TV podcast crew would appreciate it if you leave a five-star rating and subscribe on your favorite podcast apps so you don't miss an episode. 
And also, be sure to check out our hunting episodes on our YouTube channel, and don't forget to subscribe. While you're on the web, head on over to our Facebook page and click on the follow and like button to see what the Ozark Traditions TV crew is up to. Ozark Traditions TV would like to thank you for joining in to this week's podcast. Be sure to tune in on our next weekly podcast as we bring the outdoors inside. From all of us at Ozark Traditions TV, we thank you for listening. And remember, if you see us out in God's country, stop us. We'd like to meet you.